we began talking about success last Sunday and we titled our message preparing for success. We define prepare as to make ready or suitable or equip in advance for a particular purpose or some use. We also stress the fact that success doesn't just happen. I believe in hard work, but hard work minus smart work leads to frustration, we said. And let's look at Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. I want us to read verse 7. It says, Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Hallelujah. Notice that when it comes to success, you are responsible. You are responsible for the failures in your life. You're responsible for the successes in your life. And the sad thing is that this part of the world, we want to blame witches and wizards. But when you study the Bible, you will see that each individual is responsible for the outcome of his life. Look at this again. He says, Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it. Notice, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper. Did you see that? It said, turn not from it. So, if I made a decision because someone told me to do something and it was a wrong decision, I am still responsible because I turned from it. Write this down. Success requires focus. He said, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left. That thou mayest prosper. So, your success is conditioned on you. It's not conditioned on your circumstances. It's conditioned on you. In all my studies of success, what amazes me is that people from unlikely circumstances have risen to heights of enviable success. So it is evident that we prepare for success. You don't just say, oh, I'm from a poor family and that's why I can make it. And I keep on repeating it again and again. 80% of the world's richest men are for poor and average families. So if you are from a poor family, you have 80% likelihood of becoming rich if you prepare for success. Can I get an amen? Now watch this. He said, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have 
good success. I want you to say something. It kept on letting the man know that you are responsible for what you become. I bought a, um, an audio book. I bought an audio book and, um, on success. And the, the first thing that struck me was when the man said, you must take full responsibility for where you are. And it's something I learned a long time from Edwin Lewis Cole, but I saw it from a whole new light. He said, no matter what you're going through, no matter the circumstances you are going through right now, he said, you've come to a place where you accept full responsibility or you're not going to succeed. And so true. Because until we are willing to take responsibility for where we are, we can't take responsibility to make progress. You won't do anything. And there's something Zig Ziglar said. He said, a man is no failure unless he's able to blame someone else for where he is. So if I begin to blame other people, uh, if my parents, uh, if my father was rich, if my, if, my, if my friend did not tell me to do this, if my, uh, you're not going anywhere. Because you can see that God kept on putting the onus on, on Josh. He was responsible for his success. He said, that thou mayest prosper. He said, turn not from it to the right or to the left. That thou mayest prosper. In other words, Joshua, if you succeed, it's your fault. If you fail, it's your fault. This morning, something popped in my mind and I said, it's my thinking. See? I could blame something else. I said, no, it's my thinking. Because unless you take responsibility for where you are, you won't take, you won't make any move or take responsibility for change. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 23 verse 7, it says, as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. So you, you better know I'm responsible for where I am. Notice this, as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. So the success you're desiring begins inside of you. You must take note of that. It begins inside of you. Where am I going with my life? Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Let's begin with Genesis 24. And I'm going to read it from the King James first. Then from the Amplified Version. Genesis 24. Verse 12. Hallelujah. Verse 12. And he said, O Lord God of my master, I pray thee, send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master Abraham. The man was saying, was praying to God and said, Make me successful today. Make me successful today that I may know you shouldn't favor to my master. Let me read the Amplified to you. And I think you'll like that one better. It says, and he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray you, cause me to meet with good success today and show kindness to my master. Success is a day-to-day accomplishment of goals and targets in the direction of your destiny. Success is the day-to-day accomplishment of goals and targets in the direction of your destiny. Day-to-day. So success is not, uh, no people feel, oh, I'm a success because maybe I'm a, I'm a chairman of a local government or I'm a, I'm a pastor 
or no, no, day to day. He said, give me good speed today. The Amplified says, cause me to meet with good success today. See? So, I wrote this down. Success is the attainment of a goal. It is the attainment of a goal. Go to finish primary school and you finished it. That success is because we live in levels and we arrive in stages. So there are different levels of success. And that's what eludes a lot of people, the fulfillment in life. I remember on the 5th of April, 1996, I was in a meeting the day I got my commission. And the Lord spoke to me, said, never measure success by outward standards, but by inward fulfillment. He said, never measure success by outward standards. In other words, people look at the symbols of success and not understand what success really is. Because, for instance, you are through with the university, most of you here, and you have your BSc or MSc or PhD, and you are satisfied that you've achieved the level of success. Now, you're fulfilled, you're happy about it. The guy that just left SS3 and made his post-UME that passed the, the, the average required is as fulfilled as you are. So that's why I said, we said success is the day-to-day accomplishment of goals and targets in the direction of your destiny. And notice we use the word in the direction of your destiny because to succeed out of your destiny is failure. That's for the Christian. It's failure. Because the ultimate measure of success is whether you fulfill those for which you were born. That's the ultimate measure of success. Hallelujah. Success is the realization of a God-given objective. So every time you accomplish something God told you to do, that is success. See, your view of success is changing. Because for us, success is a house, a car, and that's it. That's all. No, no, no. Accomplishing it, yes, you've achieved the goal, that's success. But there is more to success. What of your goal of becoming a better person? I remember many years ago, I read the book, Success God's Way, and I'm telling you this so you can look for it, Success God's Way by Chance Stanley. And he said, success is becoming like Jesus. It's becoming like Jesus. Think about that. T.L. Osborne said the same thing. He said success is becoming like Jesus and helping as many other people become like Jesus. See, that's also success. A God-given objective. What is your goal? You woke up this morning and God said, I want you to go and give so-and-so something. When you went to give that person, that is success. See, when you start celebrating these little successes, you have more fulfillment in your life. You will. You'll be, you'll be happier. Hallelujah. The man said, Oh Lord God of my master, Abraham, I pray you cause me to meet with good success today and show kindness to my master Abraham. Hear me. 
As a child of God, success is your destiny. In other words, you ought to be reaching your goals day after day. In spite of the oppositions, 1 Corinthians 5, uh, 15, right now, verse 57. It says, thanks be unto God that gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Then he tells us in verse 58, therefore, always abounding in the work of the Lord. He had dealt with certain challenges that you will face, the sting of death and all those kind of things. Then he says, but thanks be unto God who gives us the victory. Now, therefore, always abound in the work of the Lord. You see, you must understand as a child of God that no matter what comes against you, success is inevitable. You must have to think that way. If you're going to be successful, you must think success. You must expect success. Tell someone, I expect success. Say, so I expect success. You must. You must expect it. Second Corinthians 2 verse 14. Now, thanks be unto God who causes us to triumph always in Christ. Notice it causes us to triumph always in Christ. See, we expect to win every time. Expect it. Think that way. Every time I step out, I'm going to succeed. If I do this thing, I'm going to succeed. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Now, dealing with thinking success, go to Psalm 1 very quickly. And let's look at a few thoughts there. Then think success. Are you there? Someone, are you there? Verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the, of the ungodly, nor standing in the way of sinners, nor seated in the seat of the scornful. Watch this. He's showing you things that will hinder your success. He speaks about the counsel of the ungodly. I remember many years ago when America began to go deeply into debt. The nation went to the debt first, then the nation got its people into debt. And now, America owes about $15 trillion. America is the largest debtor in the world. It was a choice. And I heard someone saying that Nigeria should make sure that people have money available to borrow for this and that and that and that. I said, wow, they're about to revamp Nigeria in the direction of America. That a nation should see to it that there's money available for people to build houses on credit and um, um, cars on credit just the way it's done in America. I said, <laughs> in my heart, I said, this person hasn't studied, hasn't studied on debt. That America's greatest being today is debt. And they are regretting that direction. The counsel of the ungodly. Where do you get your counsel from? As a businessman, where do you get your counsel from? Have you studied that idea, that concept? Will it eventually work? 
See? Or if you want people to respect you, what do you do? Be very harsh. No, 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 no. That's not the way. It's not by being very harsh. Be very firm. Notice the difference between the two. Be very firm, not be very harsh. Be very firm means be definite on principles. In other words, if you did something wrong, I'm going to discipline you based on this principle. But being very harsh means you have bad character. See? So you've got to study the principle. Where is this idea, this concept from? This concept of life. I was teaching people, I said, one of the things I discovered is that if you save 20% of your income regularly, you'll never have a money problem. And people were looking at me and wondering, what is this guy talking about? I would do it as a ministry. And ministries that had more members and had more money keep on always asking me, how do you do it? It's simple. I learned it from Joseph. Egypt became a world power by saving one-fifth of their produce. So I lent it 20% savings. 20% savings. The Bible says, in the house of the wise, there is wine, on oil, wine and oil, but the fool spends it all. So how do I know I'm a fool if I'm always spending everything? That's the difference between a wise person and a foolish person. It says the fool spends it all. You see, there's all this wine and oil in the house of the wise. So saving is an evidence of wisdom. So make up your mind. No matter how small you're going to start, even if it's 10% you have faith for, start from your 10% and keep on growing. And keep on growing. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Are you on there? Okay. He says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners. Hallelujah. Nor seated in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is the law of the Lord. He's thinking, his delight is in the law of the Lord. His delight is in the law of the Lord. He's, he's feeding his mind the word of God. He's renewing his mind. Is the light. He's happy about it. He loves the word of God. Then he says, watch this. And in his Lord does he meditate day and night. The amazing thing about loving something, we love what we meditate on and we meditate on what we love. It goes that way. So if you find out that, hey, I really don't, really don't have that passion for the word like I should, it's simple. Meditate on the word. And the word meditate here is the word hagar. It means to speak under your breath. You talk it. Discuss the word of God. Find someone that you talk the word of God with. Talk about it. Amen. I said amen. It also means to devise, to plot. So think about the word. Think about it. See, if you start doing this, your love for the word will increase. Now, I have noticed this. I don't know whether you've seen it. Maybe a woman gets married to a man. She doesn't like football. But if she keeps on sitting with her husband watching football, before long, she has a team. Are you aware of that? I said, are you aware of that? There's a woman I, 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 I know of that her husband was a football fanatic. Before long, she had her own team. Just like her husband had his own team. See, 
in sitting with him and discussing and sharing his pain. <laughs> so the lost, the team lost to the history. Can you just imagine? If they had crossed the boy well, now she's learning what is crossing. And now you see her passion is sitting with her husband. Say, Kai! Uh-uh. What kind of nonsense is this? Yeah, Tottenham. Tottenham. Hot sports. I was like, Tottenham was. I only knew Liverpool, Chelsea, Man U, Arsenal, and uh, maybe Blackburn Rovers and some things. But Tottenham. <laughs> I didn't know. Tot what? I know Tottenham. Hey, hey. And there was a guy there from Egypt. It was Midu or whatever his name was. And she was saying, I don't just know why he's playing like this. And this is Egyptian. I said, this woman has gone very far. Constant exposure. Constant exposure. Whatever you expose yourself to, you will desire. Constant exposure. And that's one of the ways to affect your thinking. I told you last week. You see, I said, if you do something, you start seeing yourself in that light. Constant exposure. Surround yourself with images of success. Listen to this message again and again and again. Hallelujah. He says, in his Lord does he meditate day and night. Success requires consistency. That's why we call it a day-to-day accomplishment of goals and targets in the direction of your destiny. You prepare for it. You don't just wake up and become a success. I told you, I think it was in second service, I can't remember which of the services last week, that Mark Zuckerberg is learning Chinese one hour every day. One hour every day. Why? Because Facebook wants to enter the Chinese cyberspace. It's preparing. That's about 1.2 billion people he wants to influence. See? See, you, you, you've got to know, hey, what am I going to be doing day and night? Every day. Every day. What am I going to be doing every day? Success requires consistency. Consistency is the key to success. That, that, that's, it's, it's as simple as that. If you can find something, you're going to be doing consistently every day. Every day. I remember listening to someone tell the story of Charles Barkley. How then every day from 7 p.m. To 11 p.m. in the night, he'll be practicing his free throws. Notice 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. Think about it. Every day. Then Beckham, 7 p.m. every day. I don't know whether he's consistent doing that right now. Because he's gone more into modeling. I don't think he'll have time for that. But while he was rising and being impactful in the world, became the most expensive player in the world, he used to rehearse his free kicks every evening at 7 p.m. Whitney Houston used to wake up every day at 5 a.m. to rehearse. Muhammad Ali jogging at 4.30 in the morning every day. Day and night, success requires consistency. What thing can you be doing every day? 
that can bring you to realize the realization of the biggest goals in your life. What can you be doing every day? What can you be doing every day? Are you aware that Ronaldo practices almost every day? I saw a documentary on Ronaldo and I found out that most of the, the stunts or the skills he displays on the pitch are actually reflexes. Now think about it. They are reflexes. In other words, it has entered his blood. They switched off the lights. And they played a ball to him and he headed the ball into the goal in the dark. And he said he has come to a point where he's able to judge where the ball is going to get to. Think about it. In the dark, they played the ball lower and the ball bounced before it got to him in the dark and he still scored in the dark. No light. Do you rehearse every day, choir? Success is the reward for consistency. What are you going to do every day? Every day, every day, every day. What, are, what, what one thing are you going to do every day? Some jog every day. Michael Jackson was spending 16 hours in the studio every day. Israel Hutton spent six hours every day. What do you do every day? Nothing. Nothing. You do, there's nothing in your life that is constant. Can you just imagine? We will beat that record. I declare it. <laughs> Keep declaring. What are you going to do every day? Are you going to rehearse every day? Are you going to take a verse of scripture? Like the woman in Singapore that is worth two billion dollars. She, watch this, she is an orphan. She's worth two billion dollars. She meditated on two scriptures every day. John 10, 10 and Ephesians 3, 20. Every day. What are you going to do every day? I meditate every day. Every day. What are you going to do every day? Do you rehearse your dance steps? Every day. It says success is the reward for consistency. What thing are you going to do every day? I want you to think about it. Oh, we have, oh, we have an invitation. Okay, now, you rehearse two days to the rehearsal. And on stage, somebody is forgetting
I got a call from our dear brother in the UK. He said they acquire practice sometimes about 6 p.m. to 3 a.m. in the morning. No wonder when those people from abroad sing, it looks as though they rehearse the song from heaven. In Nigeria, you can see someone there. <laughs> when you're watching the videos, like, this person has forgotten this line. Haven't you seen soloists that are taking solos here and the lines up there is not the same? They are singing a new song from heaven, the one that is on earth. The song they are singing is not settled on earth, it's different from the one that is on Every day. I want you to think about it. He said, Seest thou a man that is diligent in his business? Seest thou a man that is diligent in his business? Focus. Diligent focus. He is there working on something every day, day to day. So he shall stand before kings and not before men. men. Last night we got a call from a very important individual in the state. And it amazed me. No, why does it amaze me? It amazed me because of the time the individual called. Maybe they felt maybe then I'll be, I'll be with the call. I'll be with the phone. But it was my wife. I thought I had to pick the, the call. And because lately I don't like picking calls because sometimes people just want to keep me on the phone longer than usual. And he kept on talking how he had been following me steadily on radio. I knew that long time. That if I was consistent in improving upon myself, then influence is inevitable. Because for us in ministry, we know that our level of influence can never be greater than the measure of our impact. So, if I'm going to be an impactful minister, I must keep on investing in myself. Now, on your job, how are you investing in yourself? How are you investing in yourself? Make up your mind. I'm, I'm going to keep on putting things in myself every day. I must be better than yesterday. When you start thinking that way, you're ready for a new level of success. You're ready for a new level of success. I remember when we couldn't rob, as a church, we couldn't rob 20,000 together. It was so difficult. When you brought all the tithes and income, all the tithes, uh, seeds, everything that can ever be given, vows, thanksgiving offering, all of them 15,300. Think about it. And I heard a pastor bow down before a politician because he gave them 50,000. And I told the pastor that told me his story. I said, relax. I said, we won't need to bow to anyone. Just the consistency that we have. I said, the money will come. Just the consistency that we have. The money will come. Consistency. Practice, practice, practice. Consistency. Practice, practice, practice. Consistency. 
You keep on reading, building yourself, especially in leadership, preparing yourself, buying John Maxwell books on leadership, reading everything the man has written. You fill yourself with information. You're getting ready. You're getting ready. You're preparing for success. Before long, your business has grown because of your practice. It has grown. Somebody's watching you. Don't forget, somebody's watching you. Somebody's watching you. You didn't. <laughs> every day you're rehearsing and rehearsing. Your neighbor is hearing. Somebody visits him every time at that time or whatever. And like, who is that person that's always rehearsing? Someone is watching you. That can invest in you. I had a friend started a business some years ago and it was consistent. And someone came to him and said he's ready to invest any amount in his business. All he wants is half of the profits. Consistency. Consistency. It's so important. Not that today you, you are selling salt, tomorrow you are selling sugar, next tomorrow you are selling cake. You know, people do it. By the time I invest in you to sell salt and I come back, it's cake. Now, nobody wants to invest in you. I want you to think about it. Think about it. Consistency. A man went to a pastor in America who had been believing God for a million dollars and walked into his church and said, I, I, I've been watching you. An unbeliever, I've been watching you. And I heard that you want to build a gym for the children. I'm giving you a million dollars to build a gym. You said you want to build for the children. An unbeliever watching him for what? Consistency. Or Roberts. I remember when he hit a man's car and he went to tell the man that he hit the man's car. And the man said, why did you come and tell me? He said, because it was wrong. I had to come and tell you. I want to know how much it would cost to repair your car. And the man said, go, don't, go, don't worry. The next day or so, the man called him to come to his office and gave him a brand new boy car. Told him to turn over his old car and gave him a new car. And he said, young man, I believe that someday you're going to be influential in America. What do you see? Consistency. Consistency. Are you going to be consistent in doing this thing every day? Every day. Every day. Every day. Think about that poor boy, Michael Jackson. 16 hours every day in the studio. Think of Israel Houghton, whose mother was disowned by her parents. Six hours every day. He is there rehearsing, singing. Oh, every day. Think about Agnes Day by Michael W. Smith. That song, ah, hallelujah. He was down in his basement rehearsing and worshiping God when the song came consistency there's nowhere you go that you not hear that song 
What are you going to do every day? Your future is in your own hands. It's in your own hands. I, I, to, I told you what I told myself this morning. I said, it's my thinking. I, I know what to do about that. What are you going to do every day? Because until you change your thinking, you cannot change your living. Because the way I live is a reflection of the way I think. So until I change my thinking, I can't change my living. So your quality of life is a reflection of your thought life. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. So what can I do every day to improve on my way of thinking? What can I do? Hallelujah. Let me read this and close. It says, and it shall be, it shall be like a tree. Notice, it shall be like a tree. You're the one that decides what you will be like. It shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth its fruit in its season. Oh, this is beautiful. That bringeth forth his fruit in his season. Take note of that. There are seasons of life. A lot of people are not bringing forth their fruit in their season. Let me give you the story as we close. A young man by the name of T.L. Osborne had been feeding himself with the word of God. And the most influential man of God at that time in America was William Braham. Before he went into error. And he was exhausted from having several meetings. And F.F. Bosworth, the man working closely with William Braham, called T.L. and said, William Braham is exhausted. Would you be able to fill in for him? And T.L. said yes. That was the platform that he used to explode. He was ready. Hello, I'm sorry, the, the um, Lara Judge is not coming, or, or Frank Edward is not coming. Uh, can, you, can you just sing today? Hey, if you told me yesterday, you were not ready. The season came, you couldn't bear fruit. And sorry, flame cannot come from Lagos. Um, can your dance group perform? Hey, you have told us now so we can rehearse. <laughs> you, you are rehearsing for events. Not rehearsing for success. You didn't tell us on time now. How can we? Let's see what we can do. Can you? Let's see. Then you now say, okay, all we have is three hours. Let's do simple steps. And whereas in that big occasion, there's somebody that could have seen your group and taken it to another platform. You are rehearsing for events. That's why I love video biographies. I sit down and observe what they say. You hear groups say, we rehearse almost every day. We try to do what we can almost every day. Like, okay. And whenever I hear such things, I used to tell my wife, I said, Nigeria, we're not like this. Call me anytime and say, um, Pastor, um, can you preach? Um, we are having some of marriage. If God tells me to go, I am ready. Say, hey, marriage, before I will gather scriptures now, 
it's not going to be easy. I'm ready. Because you don't know the platform you will be on that will change your life. I want you to think about it. Bringing forth your fruit in your season. It says it makes all things beautiful in its time. When you miss your timing, huh? I told you about timings the other time that every minister of God in this generation that is a voice started their ministry in the early 80s. Whether it's Bishop Oedipo, Pastor Chris, Doug Edward Mills, Mensa Otterbill, Matthew Ashimelo, think about it. If, it's, if the person is too early, it's the late 70s into the early 80s. Everyone in their generation that came in in the 90s is not as influential as these ones. There was a time, there was a season. As you go to court, you, you, have, you, are, you have read and gotten ready for this case. You, you, you are ready and you're just talking there, talking and talking and talking and talking. And the judge is looking at you like, boy, this, this, this young man is on fire. This young man is on fire. After your case, you get a call. From where? From Abuja. You're like, what's happening? And he said, we heard about what you're doing in Biosa State. You're very articulate. Can we see? We want to send about five lawyers from Biosa State to go to so-and-so place to study international law. We are going to send you as one of them. Why? Use your platform well. Consistency. We don't rehearse for events. Mm-mm. We don't rehearse for events. We don't prepare for services. We prepare for life. That's the way you should live your life. Stop rehearsing for events. Stop rehearsing for events. Prepare for life. Are you following me? Prepare for life. What linked me to America? The first link I got to America was a meeting. Someone just met me and said, Pastor Wale, can you minister in this meeting? I said, if the Lord tells me to come. I said, Pastor, Pastor Wale, please, I want you to come. And then I got the, the freedom of my spirit and I went for the meeting. And I taught on something I'd been studying for a long time. I was ready. When I was through, a young man met me, submitted under me, went to America. That was my first link to the United States. And that's how our fellowship started in the United States. He said, when I walked in, I, my, my dressing was not too impressive. Since it was from a wealthy home, and he said, the dressing wasn't too impressive. He said, but when you started talking, I had a new view of you. I want you to think about it. I use that platform well. You have platforms every time. To speak with somebody. Use it well. Use those platforms well. Those platforms that God gives you every day. You're getting ready for success. Bow your heads in Jesus' name. I want you to think about it. 
And if you can, listen to your spirit. What can you start doing every day? It doesn't have to be much. It could just be one thing you do every day. Write it down. And ask God for grace, for consistency. Grace for consistency in this area. Because God is going to be giving you platforms in this season. Platforms. For me, the television is a platform. For me, the radio is a platform. For me, the, every service is a platform. Every time I talk to you, it's a platform. And I do not take that lightly. You also have your platforms. You meet people every day. Ask the Lord to speak to you. What, what you should do every day that, that can make your life into what, what it's supposed to be. It could be your daily confession. I'll make my confessions every day. Father, I receive grace for this confession. To make my daily confessions. Go ahead. If this makes a difference in someone's life, it's good. What one thing will you do every day? Your success is in your hand. You can become a billionaire tomorrow. In dollars. It's possible. But it starts with our consistency. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you flood every heart in this place with big dreams that only you can fulfill. And Father, we ask for a dispensation of grace for consistency. Consistency in those things that will launch us to new levels of success, new levels of success in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I said, Praise God. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God just laid it in my heart that you know, there's some people here who, okay, I'm going to be consistent every day. But it made me see that you cannot be consistent when you don't have a goal in mind. So it's important that you take out some time and write out your goal. Where do you want to end up in your life? Articulate it. Define it. Confine it. Describe it in such a clear manner that you can't miss it. 